Hello everyone, this is Donnie aka Elevated with Dota Alchemy and thank you for tuning in to the podcast and this is the new and improved podcast and I'm very excited to announce that we are calling it the Transform Your Game podcast and it's going to be more than just the Alchemy Answers episodes, we're going to start putting a bunch of our other content from videos into audio format so that you guys can enjoy it while you are on your way to work or school or while you're running or working out at the gym or wherever you may want to just listen to something talking about dota talking about gaming and not have to worry about what's going on in the video so without further ado here is how to go pro in dota 2 by jenkins Hello friends, Jenkins Doughty here, bringing you another Dota 2 video on behalf of DotaAlchemy.com, and this video is going to be on how to go pro in Dota. The first thing that I want to say in this video is quite possibly the most important thing, and that's if you're looking to genuinely go pro, then you need to have realistic expectations of yourself. The problem with having unrealistic expectations is that becoming a pro gamer straight up takes a long time and requires a lot of effort, and motivation and excitement does not last a long time, but discipline does. And in order to have discipline, at least enough discipline to put in all that effort and all that time, then you need to create a structure for yourself. You need to live a specific lifestyle. And if your expectations of yourself are unrealistic, then you will very quickly lose the motivation to be disciplined over a long period of time. It's pretty basic psychology. If you don't set goals for yourself that are reasonable, you're very quickly going to lose motivation because you're not going to get the kicks of dopamine that people who are setting reasonable goals are that's going to give them the motivation to hit that next goal. You're constantly going to be feeling like a failure. A couple of points that I want to make before I get into the kind of motivational speaking slash preachy part of the video is that firstly, for every PPD and Sumail that you see, there are a thousand people who tried and failed. Moreover, what you don't see when you look at PPD and Sumail is an extended history of extreme competitiveness in life and video game experience. Chances are most pro players have some sort of history of being hyper competitive in gaming or regular sports or something along those lines, where they picked up habits or perhaps even vices that are conducive to becoming a professional gamer. The third thing that I want to mention is that most players have invested countless hard hours behind the scenes that they were never ever paid for in becoming professional. The majority of professional Dota players have played at least one game semi-competitively for years before Dota, and typically have some sort of extensive history with Han, Dota 1, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, something that is, is competitive. It doesn't have to be an eSport, I just mean something that is competitive. With all that being said, that's not to say that you can't do it. You absolutely can. Believe me, everybody has a special niche that they have to offer. And this isn't some dumb motivational speech, I genuinely believe that. I mean, it's honestly basic math. You have 20,000 different genes which determine all of your biological predispositions, whether it's a predisposition to really like pork and ham, or a predisposition to be a very well-disciplined Dota player. Moreover, you clearly have a unique past, history, you know, childhood, which has built you up to be really, really good at certain things and maybe suck at others. 
So it's honestly a no-brainer to say that you as a person are very capable of being the best at a very specific niche, even within Dota. So the question is not whether or not you have something that will make you a truly special professional player. The question is whether or not you can make the personal sacrifice to bring it to fruition. Some people are great team players. Other people are very individually skilled mechanically. Some people are great strategists. Some people are great motivators. The list goes on. There's a lot of things you can do in this game that will make you successful. So I'm certainly saying that you can do it. It's just that if in the process of discovering and improving your niche, you make the typical impulsive, albeit feel-good excuses for why your play isn't good, then you won't stand a chance against people who don't make those excuses. Therefore, you need to learn to be incredibly introspective if you want to go pro, and honestly allow yourself to feel vulnerable. Even if it's just within a select group of people, you still have to do it. Otherwise, you won't improve anywhere near fast enough to get ahead of other competitors and to be ahead of the curve. High-level gaming is really just a battle inside your own head. Sure, it's a team game, but you'll almost never have the same players on your team in a pub. And pubs matter a lot because that's your practice if you're trying to go pro. So it's really just a matter of how you interact and function with four other random people until you climb the ranks, till you get to the point where you can play with some players, become friends with them, and then make a real team with that group of players. So if you ever have a problem with somebody in a pub, you have to treat it as a you problem because it's very likely that you won't encounter that same person again, but you might encounter somebody like them. And every time you lose focus in a game, you're losing quality practice time that your competitors are not. Moreover, focusing on your own problems is obviously just beneficial in general because it's going to train you to have that habit in competitive, which will make you a stellar, self-sufficient, self-improving teammate. So essentially, focusing exclusively on your own problems is basically a fundamental requirement if you want to improve quickly enough to catch up with current pros. Otherwise, you'll be at least a few steps behind. Okay, so now I want to cover the actual logistical aspects of going pro, aka what do you actually need to do in order to start physically playing in these pro leagues and tournaments. And the way that I'm going to do that is by way of pointing out a very common mistake that people make and explaining what I think the right path is. The common mistake that I see is that a lot of people make the decision to randomly take a year off from school or work to try to go pro in a year. It's always a year. And the vast majority of the time, that's actually not a reasonable amount of time to go pro. Or at the very least, they're not choosing the right time to make that choice. You guys might be thinking at this point, but Jenkins, I saw this player, they did this, or player Y, this guy, he won his first land that he ever attended, or something along those lines. But a lot of players who did something like this were actually having a lot of success at a semi-professional level before they even became mainstream, and I mean in pubs or maybe, you know, open qualifiers, things like that. Maybe even for a couple of years before they did these things that I'm talking about. And that's not to say that you can't take a year off and try to go pro. And that's not also saying that there are not rare exceptions to this rule. It's just that if you're expecting to go from a 4k MMR player to a major attending player in a year, you're probably setting yourself up to do something that nobody has ever done before, or at least almost nobody. 
which is obviously a very dangerous expectation. We already talked about having bad expectations. This will lead to disappointment and then to giving up and therefore a wasted year. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people who do this could have actually done it if they chose a better time to do it. If you're going to take time off to go pro, which by the way, I think is a very good option. That is definitely the play at a certain point. There is a certain grace period of high level play that you need to go through first. I separate this into three phases. Basically, phase one is where you are playing the game as a hobby, which of course we are all at the very least doing that right now because that's just playing, that's just playing a video game. Then you need to play as if it's a second job. That is phase two. And that's basically where you're in school or working to support yourself while playing competitively. And I don't mean by competitive that you're necessarily in tournaments. I just mean that you're being competitive at the game. You're trying really hard. You're taking it seriously. You're trying to improve and so forth. Then after that, phase three is where you can move forward and try to make it a full-time thing. Essentially, what I'm saying is that I see a lot of people try to skip that second phase that comes after playing the game as a hobby and for fun. And it almost always fails miserably. That's because it's simply not a realistic expectation right now with how the scene is. You need to prove yourself first in the pub battlegrounds before committing to playing professionally. So since we're all likely past phase one right now, or in phase one right now, since we all play the game, let's talk a little bit about phase two. When do we start treating Dota like it's a second job if we want to go pro? Well, I'd say that the general answer to that is actually pretty simple. You basically want to do this when it seems like playing pro is actually eventually in the cards. So essentially, if you can see yourself improving to the point where you're competitive, genuinely competitive, then you can reasonably start taking the game more seriously, but if you can't see that, then of course why bother if you can't see that happening? Just play casually until you get such an epiphany. If it doesn't happen, well, you're playing a game for fun. There's no harm in that. Realistically, for most players, I would say that in the current MMR system in Dota in US East, you may hit this phase, the second phase, around 4,000 MMR. Basically where you're above average, but not quite pro level. And bonus points go to you, by the way, if you've improved to reach 4,000 MMR very quickly from a lower rating. So at that point where you decide to go to that second phase, you want to essentially engage a mode where you're treating pubs like they're your job, which of course is not to say that you can't enjoy them. A lot of people enjoy their jobs. What I mean is that you should look to take pubs very seriously and constantly improve by one, watching pro replays and emulating those strategies in pubs. Two, watching your own replays and fixing mistakes that you see that are common between all of your games. Three, watching educational pro streamers stream and getting an idea why they make certain choices. Shout out to like Brax, Artesia, Eternal Envy. They say shit all the time that is super high level and super educational if you actually focus on what they're doing. And four, Play Battle Cup every single week with better and better players that you meet from pubs and get a little bit of a taste of a team environment. And then after that, just do whatever you can to accelerate your improvement. Make use of the knowledge that already exists. I cannot stress that enough. Why reinvent the wheel? Use the resources that are available to you. At a certain point, probably somewhere around 5700 MMR in US East, you'll hit Immortal rank. And this is about the time that I'd say that it's worth it to start playing in open qualifiers for majors and minors with teams of friends that you've met in pubs, and you'll get very, very good practice that way. You might be tempted to play with your real life friends, but chances are 
Due to simple statistics, it's likely that your friends probably suck at Dota. Not everybody can play enough to get Immortal Rank. That is the truth. Friends are great and all, don't get me wrong, but it's important that when you're treating Dota like it's a second job, you're playing with the best players possible for your success. They're your colleagues, not necessarily your friends. Because you want to get as far as you can in the opens so that you can practice against extremely good opponents. OG went through opens in TI8 and they ended up winning. So the moment you play against a top tier team or top tier player, whether it be in these open qualifiers or high level pubs, try your hardest to lane against them. Try your hardest to get as much information from them as possible. Get your ass kicked and analyze the hell out of that replay. You will learn significantly faster this way. Now, this is when you can start seriously considering phase three. I would say that when there's a clear sign that you're climbing the ranks after Immortal, especially if you financially have the resources in real life, you can start considering to take some time and see where the pro Dota goes. Obviously, somebody who's entirely focused on improving at Dota will do it significantly faster than somebody who's not. And at about rank 500 to 300, if you build a stack out of other rank 500 to 300, by the way, that's on US East. If you're European, probably about a rank 1000. I'm not sure for SEA, but NA is probably the lowest MMR. So I would say you can, you know, probably do this at larger ranks with uh, the other regions. But basically, you want to scrim and improve and constantly play open qualifiers with a stack of players and eventually you'll qualify for something you'll meet other teams to scrim you'll meet other teams that might want to play with you and uh, my recommendation at this point is to simply keep your ear to the ground and play in every single qualifier possible join discords watch out on faceit.com for tournaments they basically all go on there read reddit check out the dota site because they'll put majors and minors on there and join whatever regional league and qualifier you can after this point, you're basically a professional player, at least on the road to becoming a professional player very soon. Tier 1? Well, no, of course not, because becoming Tier 1 is something that requires a ridiculous amount of determination, luck, and skill. To become Tier 1, historically, looking at other players, you simply need to repeat Phase 3 of this process while improving as much as you absolutely can and attempting to have solid performances in every single game until somebody gives you a tryout on a Tier 2 team with serious potential or a Tier 1 team. Very rarely does an entire team go from a Tier 3 level to Tier 2 or Tier 1. Usually it's in these reshuffles and tryouts with constant player improvement that gets a player to the Tier 1 point. Well, that's it for this video, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I know this video is a little bit different from the other stuff on the channel and on the site, uh, but this is a question that I get asked very, very frequently, so I wanted to answer it, and from the heart, if I could. I'm obviously not a complete expert on the Tier 1 subject because I've only really ever played Tier 2 Pro Dota, so I'm not 100% sure what it takes to become Tier 1, but I've seen quite a few people around me who have become Tier 1 players, and I can safely say that the path there really depends on the individual. Sometimes you need to be matched up with certain teammates, sometimes you need to fix a certain overarching problem that you have, and sometimes you just need a bit of luck. The most important part is that it's possible for everybody, given enough time and given enough effort. So anyway, thank you so much for watching this video. I genuinely appreciate the support guys, and I hope to see you guys in another video.